Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Good Girl Great Podcast. I'm Talia Toha and I wanted to congratulate you for another uh, another amazing week and I'm hoping that even if it's not yet amazing that we are together going to make it amazing. So this week though, I want to talk about something really, really cool and that is the topic of how not to repeat the same mistake twice, basically. And specifically around this time of the year, there are so many things going on and so many things to plan, right? But really, when I kind of look back over the course of the years and just the dozens and hundreds of people that I've met uh, in my life, I really noticed something similar and in that basically people who are really, really great at doing what they do, what they're passionate about doing, they really look at planning in a different way. They look really look at their work in a different way. And I want to touch on that while ruminating about my really weird experience jumping off a waterfall. And I got myself in a situation years ago when I was standing at the edge of really just kind of this 40-foot drop, right, and of a waterfall. And it was in the middle of nowhere. I wasn't really around my home and all that, everything that's familiar. So it was really kind of a, a teachable moment when I look back at that moment. And I'm going to see how how this can really basically, uh, you know, come out, right? And once I've learned the lessons myself the hard way, I'm going to share some of that, uh, those things with you. And really, a lot of the things that we're going to be learning today is something that you're probably going to be uh, doing in the next couple of weeks, if not, you're already doing. And one of the things that we're going to talk about is really the one thing that you're actually missing when you're planning certain things, right? How to basically be able to create something where you look back and you're not going to regret it. And what are some things that you need to do when it comes to day-to-day things that you have around you, your computer, right, your, your notebook, all of these things. So I'm going to get really, really specific on these things today. I cannot wait because this is going to be exciting. And don't forget to hit follow and subscribe. But first, I want to talk about jumping off a waterfall. Let's dive in, you guys. ago, I was really at this place that was kind of interesting. (laughs) You know, I found myself standing in the middle of Hawaii at the top and at the edge of a waterfall drop, right? You know how there's this space that 
it's almost like between heaven and earth almost when you see the water or the river uh, or the lake even kind of stops. And I found myself at that place. But let me circle back to that in a minute because I have to kind of preclude this story with essentially the fact that I hate everything that has to do with rides, right? Theme park rides, everything that kind of makes my heart pound at 100 miles an hour. It's really kind of, I'm one of those people who have to get dragged into dancing at weddings. You know, when everyone's like, hey, yeah, let's dance. I mean, I love dancing, but certain times I'm just kind of like, you know, I just want to sit down. I really just want to sit down. And so when people are up and around, they're dancing, they're doing things that they're, you know, everyone else is doing, I don't always feel called to do so. And that's kind of the same to me with roller coasters. I love theme parks. I love enjoying kind of walking around and enjoying some of the rides, but I really did not like certain roller coasters growing up. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Disney or even any, I know in America we have these theme parks called Six Flags. And I know in other parts of the world, you guys have all of these other things as well. And I remember when I was little, my favorite ride in the theme park was literally what uh, they used to call it. It's a small world after all. I think it's just called small world, actually. You know, when they kind of go and they sing like, it's a small world after all. (laughs) And it's basically just a bunch of kind of dolls that are set on some kind of timer and motions. And it's really looking back, I'm kind of like, oh, my goodness, that's like the the most mundane things ever. But when I was little, that was my highlight. I loved that ride. Why? Because it was air conditioned. You know, I grew up where it was super hot. So going into that ride, I was like, ah, this feels nice because I had to sit down on a flat ride. It wasn't like up and down. It was flat. And I just I get just get to coast, right? And there's no kind of surprise like zombie jumping off on the side that kind of makes my heart stop for a second. And it was all just pleasant. I knew what to expect. There's this nice music playing in the background. A bunch of dolls is kind of smiling at you like creepily. And that was my thing. And then some years later, I went to Disney World and I saw there are these huge, just giant, giant roller coasters, one of which I remember, Disney World in Florida. And I don't know if they still have this ride, but I remember it was called Splash Mountain. And it was basically this really just circuitous as as you would, right? Just the circuitous roller coaster ride and goes up and then up, 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 up. And then this huge drop down into like what looks like a, a pool of water that you're going to drown in. But it was actually really shallow, right? So you just kind of splash through it. And I think that's why it's called Splash Mountain. Now they have another ride as well that's called Space Mountain. And that's also freaky. It was the whole thing was pitch black. It was dark. There's scary music all over the place. And I was just figuratively on a roller coaster ride. So I was up and down. I was scared. I was mortified. I was relieved. I was just, it was just not. And whenever people go, let's do it again. I'm always kind of like, really? Like, I don't want to wait like another two hours and then have to go through that again. You know, like, I think I, I think I got it. I think I know what that was all about. So that was how I grew up and I didn't like it at all. I think it, it was like, it was just kind of those, those things that made me realize that I love certain things, 
but I don't like certain things as well. And the entire time I was like, what is the sense in all of this? Right. So when now fast forwarding, of course, back to that story of the waterfall. So when I found myself years later as a full grown adult at the top edge of a 40 foot waterfall with the water swishing around and I can hear I can just hear the waterfall like dropping and hitting the this body of water. It was a it was a smaller lake. It wasn't a huge lake, but it was a small lake and with woods and, and trees all around and you can kind of see the the um the edge of it, right? So it wasn't very wide. But it was the drop was 40 feet probably doesn't sound too scary when you're thinking from going from point A to point B horizontally, right? Laterally, you're walking from point A to 40 feet away. There, That's around the corner. That's not scary. But when you flip it and it goes upside down, it's a whole other thing. And I can, again, I can hear the water swishing. It's like, it was just the scariest thing. And I couldn't even feel my heart. I think, I think my, my heart probably was already down in the water when I was kind of looking down. I probably shouldn't have looking, looked down. Now, I was on a trip here on vacation. It wasn't like a work trip. And I saw that we kind of stumbled upon this waterfall. We didn't really plan it. And I kind of saw that there are you know, a bunch of people just kind of jumping off, uh, off the waterfall. And they just ended up in the lake. And it seemed okay, right? Everybody seemed to be able to kind of swim across and, you know, get back up. And they, they all like have fun. And it's all seemed fun and games, of course. Now, the person who went before me, when I was kind of standing up there, I, I thought that that guy took a little longer than he needed to, to resurface, right? And I was like, oh, I wonder why he kind of disappeared there for like several seconds. It seemed like it's a little longer than it needed to be. <laughs> and, but then I was kind of like, oh, maybe I, it was just kind of, it was just me being scared. But what's weird was that the whole time I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about my safety, right? I was just kind of like, I was just thinking about, this is scary. This is, this is scary. And, um, and the whole time I was thinking, hey, that guy maybe was just wasn't a great swimmer and the, uh, the whole thing, right? I was coming up with all these excuses to justify me jumping all the while kind of recognizing, you know what, this is, this is probably the stupidest thing I've ever done. <laughs> so, uh, so I got to a point, though, through that thought process when I went, okay, I should just either get it over with or just get out right? That, that's basically the two options that, uh, that I presented myself with. Now, of course, meanwhile, I can still hear the thunderous water just roaring, splashing everywhere. And I got, I was already soaked and wet even before, uh, before I did anything. And the whole time I was just going, I was just thinking, this is really something that didn't make sense. But I didn't know what came over me. And I jumped. And I jumped. Seconds later, I've, it felt like minutes, though, in the water. Seconds later, I found myself in the water. And I don't know if you guys have ever swam in, in a lake in a, essentially, in not, not ocean, right? Ocean is a little bit different because it's salt water. So it's a little bit more buoyant. 
but in a lake, it's freshwater. So there's not as much salt content, and it's, so it's not as buoyant. And so your body doesn't float up to the top automatically. And I consider myself a fairly good swimmer. I've swam all my life. Growing up, I always go to, to snorkel out in the sea every summer, you know, again, because I, I grew up in the tropics. So I felt confident enough in my swimming capabilities. But when I was in the water and I started to kind of doggy paddle, right, and I kind of start to kind of try to push myself up, it felt like minutes. And I thought, oh, my God, why am I not getting up to the surface? And I'm still in the water at this point, still in the water, still just kind of paddling and surfacing and not breathing. And, and it was just the weirdest feeling of slight panic, you know, that I I was kind of going, holy moly, I'm I might die in this in this water. You know, and I wasn't thinking I wasn't thinking really much about, you know how when people say that before they have a near-death experience, they have those like flashes of of memories and things that go through their heads. And I was just the whole time I was it was not that peaceful, you guys. It was just more kind of like Okay, how do I get to the top? Because I was, I felt this current, there's this undercurrent in the water that felt like it kept dragging my feet down and I just couldn't get up, right? It was really strange. And of course, the entire time I was kind of pedaling up and trying to kind of push myself up as my and swam up as much as I can, as much as I know I could through my, you know, with all that, that apparently useless years of swimming. And, uh, and it felt like there was this, something dragging me still. And I learned, of course, later that it was essentially there's an undercurrent underneath the water that people, most people can't see just because the water, the waterfall hits the body of water. And of course, it just kind of create this almost kind of this circular and swirly waves underneath the surface of the lake. Right. So I didn't see that, of course, when we jumped and everybody who came up seemed to have such a good time and nobody says anything. So I felt like I was being dragged further and further down and further and further away from where I jumped. And when I finally got to the surface, I looked around and I just kind of went, wait a second, where am I? Because I looked around and I, I knew that I wasn't at the place where I jumped. So I had been pushed I don't know how many feet away from the waterfall. So already I'm, I was disoriented. And so this is kind of the point where I'm like, oh, now I see how people drown. Now I see even how people who have, you know, swimming experience, all of these things can still drown because, well, you know, this is, this is how, you know. So I felt like I was in deep trouble. And of course, you know, my entire energy was almost wiped. I still haven't gone out of the water and I was kind of pedaling and swimming. And the whole time I kind of look back, I kind of turn and I can see the guy who jumped before me now back up at the waterfall. And he kind of looked at me like, uh, do you need help? And he kind of, I, I think he almost kind of knew that I was in the water a little too long. Perhaps he had a slight minute or second of panic similar to me. And now he's kind of, looking back and he's like, uh, yeah, do you need help? But the whole time I'm kind of like, yeah, but I can't even, I can't even say anything because I, I can't utter any more words, you know, because I was, my whole energy was dedicated to pedaling. Again, now I know how people drown out. It is just the worst feeling in the world. And honestly, 
please don't do this at home. Okay. Don't do this anywhere. You know, bring a life jacket whenever you jump anywhere and uh, obviously bring somebody with you who's knowledgeable in that area. And that's probably what we should have done. We should have probably asked locals before we kind of jumped in. We happened to, we stumbled upon this waterfall during our hike. And so we thought, hey, you know what? This is refreshing. Nope, not a good idea at all, guys. Don't do that. So anyway, so we kind of survived, right? I survived. And this is something that to this day, I just kind of look back and I'm like, was that the stupidest thing I've ever done? But when I look back at it, I was kind of glad that I did it. This is the messed part, uh, the messed up part. I was glad that I did it, which was so weird because you nearly lost everything and you went up and you kind of go, huh, that was fun. You know, that was fun. Would I do it right away? I don't know, but that was definitely an experience that is worthwhile. Right. That's kind of how I looked at it. And of course, after that, we discovered this amazing restaurant that serves a bowl of noodles. And I was just kind of inhaling the whole thing because I was starving. And so everything just it was just an amazing day. And I will not ever forget that day it was kind of almost like the highlight of the trip, actually. And it was really, really strange to see that you have experienced something that is remarkable and uh, and maybe once in a lifetime perhaps and and yet you nearly lost everything right so this kind of takes us back to this topic as okay, of okay well how do you experience something remarkable in the next year at work in your life in your relationships with everything right with your achievements your goal everything that you want to achieve in the next year but how can you do that right how can you experience all these things without losing yourself right? Without losing your sanity, without really losing your purpose and losing your life, right? We don't want that. You hear all these things about people working 12 hours a day. It's just insane. And people working to near death, right? People lose their health all the time. Not something that we want to do. So how can we do this in a way that really makes sense to us? right? How can we do this in a way that really makes sense to us in the next year as we plan, as we look at our calendar, as we prepare? Because guess what? This past year had just really, really did all of us a number. I mean, who here can actually predict? I bet you all of us here listening and in February of last year, we're going, oh, you know what? This is how the year is going to go. It's going to be another year. And then, of course, months later, it is not. Everything changed. Everything, right? And none of us could have predicted it and none of us could have expected it. And suddenly we all had to take this significant life detours in our life. And we're sitting around going, um, okay, well, so what now? What should we do? Right? So I want to kind of touch on why I think it is, it is important to plan certain things a certain way and why really your planning kind of can determine how your year is going to come out, even though we don't know how it's going to come out necessarily, right? But how can we take ownership and almost have a degree of control that that allows us to go, okay, yes, I did, you know, we did our best and the year wasn't a total waste, right? In the next year, we're going to be in the same position looking back going, okay, well, what, we, what did we do? So I wanted to kind of touch on essentially two different years that I've had uh, in the past. 
one year I earned, I want to say it was, it was about 30% more than the year when I just kind of shrugged it off and not really focus on some of the things that I should be focusing on some of the planning that I should have, that I'm doing right now. And, and I, and I just kind of shrugged it off. Now, when I shrugged it off versus when I didn't shrug it off, the year that I didn't shrug it off, I earned almost a third more than the year prior, right? So this actually just kind of for me testing some of the things that I've done, it worked for me. I don't know, you might want to adapt and adopt some of these things that I'm sharing with you, but try it out. See if you like it, right? This means though, that if you're currently making 75000 a year even, it is possible to be making close to 100000 right? Which is pretty cool. That's kind of a significant difference. Monthly, that's kind of, you know, that if you kind of do the math a little bit, that's roughly around 1500 to 2000 more per month, which is, again, also a significant change. Like, what would you do if you had an extra thousand or two in your account every single month and doing all the while doing the things that you love and not having your work run your life and you still have time for the people that you care about, still have time to do things that you love doing, right? Hanging out with your friends, going out on a random Wednesday afternoon, going out to a movie or watching a movie even at home and just kicking back with a bowl of ice cream. What would you do if you, if that can happen, right? So this is kind of the the reason why we want to kind of touch on this and see if this is possible for you. So the first thing that I wanted to touch on is the one thing that I completely forgot years and years and years and years. I forgot to kind of do, to do this before I plan out my, of course, my, my months and my years and my work. And that is essentially creating my own set of expectations of the year, right? And I know that when you kind of go into a year, you have all this noise coming around you. You have like a bunch of people saying, oh, happy new year, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be the year of X. It's going to be the year of blah. And you, of course, you turn on the news, you go online and you see all these other things just filling up your inbox with their expectations, their perspective, and their story of what they think the whole year is going to be. Now, when I kind of look back on the years when I go, oh, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm expecting myself to do X this year. And I'm expecting to accomplish this. And I'm expecting that if I don't accomplish this, then it's okay. This is what I'm going to do, right? It's almost kind of like a mapping out of, you know, if this, then that kind of scenarios for yourself, something that feels good for yourself, right? Not being dictated by somebody else's expectations, even your boss who's going, you know what, this year we're going to grow, blah, blah, blah. No, you know, put your foot down and kind of stand firm, stand graciously and gracefully, firmly on the ground that you choose and say, you know what, I this year, this is what I'm going to do. And it could be a personal goal. It could be a financial goal. It could be a work goal, relationship, relationship goal, health goal, whatever it is. I don't care. But the point is when you're looking at Feb January and February, and looking back at what you do, you don't want to go, you don't want to become that pool of people that kind of, again, oh, well, right? Just shrug it off and go, oh, well, that's too late. That's just not for me. So the first thing that you want to do is set your own expectations. Now, expectations, of course, is different than goals, 
right? Because goal is kind of like something tangible, like a number, a figure, right? An accomplishment, something. Expectation, though, is more kind of like a mindset that is attached or can be unattached from that goal. You see what I mean? So it's kind of like your own expectations of how you're going to go about it. It's almost like setting up your attitude, right? Setting up your perspective and mindset for the year. And you kind of go, you know what, this year, I'm not going to be too hard on myself. I'm going to kind of push the pedal on the insane amount of hustle craze out there, insane amount of value add infatuation. I'm going to focus on one, two, three, just beautiful movement and momentum. One that you can kind of see just gradually and just beautifully go up, right? Again, we want to kind of think of ways that feels good to you so that at, at the end of the day, you get to go home, sit down for dinner, and be able to tell yourself or the people that are around you at dinner and just go, you know what? I love what I do. That's the goal. So that's one. Set your own expectation. Number two is you want to plan your own stops or milestones throughout the year. And this is kind of similar to going out on a day trip and an excursion, right? Going back to just kind of, hey, yeah, if we're on vacation, this is what we want to going to do. Today, we're going to go here. Yes, of course, when you're learning about that, the excursion or that day trip or your, what you're trying to accomplish, you see other people doing certain things and you're kind of hoping to achieve the same, if not better, better kind of, I wouldn't say accomplishment, but better experiences, right? And so that's really the goal. So when you're planning out your year, you don't want to go, oh, by January, I have to whatever, if you're into losing some weight, oh, I don't want, I want to lose five pounds or whatever. I wouldn't say that should be kind of the, the, the focus. The focus is planning your own recalibration, recalibration stops. Meaning if you don't achieve something by a certain time, recalibrate and just go, you know what, this is not working. That's fine. I'm going to try this. But giving yourself just kind of that, that, that mo moment in the year when you're kind of allowing yourself the permission to look back and go, I'm going to stop and I'm going to move on with this, this uh, other thing, or I'm going to stop and I'm going to keep going with this thing, right? However way you want to do it, planning your own stops and milestones is different than just kind of going, I have to reach X, right? This is why people are so miserable all the time. You see all these amazing, amazing people, entrepreneurs, business owners, career professionals who are just amazing at their job and what they do. And they just kind of go, this sucks. I'm not making a change in the world. Well, of course not, because your goal is just this kind of pie in the sky. Not only is it too far, there's no way to kind of take detours. You have to create places and points of intersections almost where you can take detours to the same destination, right? To the destination that you still want to go to. So that's the, that's the goal. So whether that's a one month check or three month kind of, yeah, let's check this out. Let's see how this is, this has gone and how we kind of want to go forward. Or maybe that's a weekly thing for you or maybe a daily thing if you're really, really kind of on it, right? For me, it's more like a every kind of two, three month thing when I kind of look back and I'm like, yeah, we've tried this for three months, not working because this is just not, it just doesn't work with my day, my schedule, my lifestyle, all of these things, right? So you want to give yourself permission to do that. That's the second thing. Now, the third thing that you certainly want to do 
is to create a purpose to profit itinerary to your roadmap, right, to your playbook. Uh, and I think the mistake that a lot of people do when they're kind of creating the, their or planning their year even is that they just kind of look at their year and they kind of focus on either one or two things and very rarely both of the things in balance. One, they would either just kind of go, oh, I want to earn X number of dollars, right? Or I want to get X promotion, <laughs> you know, or I want to finish X book or I want to kind of get this uh, this thing in, right? Submit a paper, whatever it is. Or, right, so you're kind of more focusing on just kind of these these uh, finite goals, I guess, if you use Simon Sinek's terminology, you use finite goals. But uh, there are other groups of people who then go, you know what, I'm going to focus on health. I'm going to focus on just self-care, right? Blah, blah, blah. But that focus is lacking framework, right? So, so either it seems that you're focusing too much on the framework or you're focusing on no frame at all, which is kind of, you need kind of the two to balance it out. It's almost like if you're putting together a, let's see, like a, I want to say like a, if you put together some, some dish that you love, right? If you're preparing something at home, maybe even a, a good sandwich, you want to have a good balance of bread versus protein or whatever it is that you have in the middle, right? And you don't want to just have one bread that's like sliced into third and then the protein is like three times the height. It just doesn't kind of, it doesn't digest well. And so if you want to create something that you can keep doing for the entire year, you kind of have to find that balance. So when you're talking about profit, you also talk about purpose. When you're talking about purpose, you also want to take, talk about profit that can still drive that cause and that purpose forward because it, it, it's kind of a loop. You have to have these two things helping one another and supporting one another. And so when you're creating that itinerary almost of your year, think of both things, right? And I, I honestly have created this amazing jumps and leaps in my, in my career and definitely in my trajectory because of being, uh, basically being allowed to just kind of give myself the permission to, you know what, this isn't working. I'm going to do X instead, or I'm going to try this method, right? So let's be honest about what works for you and what's not working for you. Like for a long time, I was kind of on that kind of hustle train. I, I mean, hustle, of course, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you should be lazy uh, in an idle way, but you have to be lazy in a targeted way, right? There's a difference. If you're idle, you're doing absolutely nothing. Laziness, but targeted, right? Is it means that, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to do X, but I'm going to try these other things because these other things might actually in the long run make all of those other things easier. It's kind of like how inventors come up with their inventions. They come up with their inventions, not because they want to keep hustling and they want to ride a horse and carriage. It's because they go, you know what? Horse and carriage is okay, we'll do it, but there's this other thing that can actually make all of that much easier, much faster, glides smoother, right? Allows me to get one extra hour a day to go to sleep or whatever it is. So you want to kind of think from an inventor's point of view and combine that purpose and profit together. Now, the next thing that you do have to do, and something this is, I think, that not a lot of people... Uh, I think a lot of people focus on this the wrong way is that 
when you look at your year and you're kind of researching what you're wanting to do, I know a lot of you guys are probably Googling, how do I do X or how do I do Y? How do I get blah or whatever? You want to kind of make sure that your research is deep enough, but not too wide, if that makes sense. So you have to kind of go in with, with the perspective of, oh, okay, I wanted to find out three to five mistakes that I need to avoid if I want to do X, right? And once you find them, once it's good enough, move on, right? Just move because otherwise you're going to be caught in that rabbit hole and you're going to be basically finding yourself spending hours and dozens and dozens of hours on the planning phase when you could be dedicating those hours to the doing, right? So you want to kind of just kind of keep a mental check. And if you're maybe not, if your life is so busy and you don't have the space and capability to give yourself that mental check, just look at the time, use a timer. It's there, you know, use it. And of course, before you actually move on and recalibrate on those milestone stops, you want to make sure that you celebrate the stuff that you actually did, right? Celebrate. I think this is one, of, again, one of the key pieces of being able to gain momentum and keep going and finish what you start. So you want to celebrate the little things that you did get. Oh, you got an interview with, you know, XYZ podcast. Amazing. Celebrate it. Treat yourself to an extra hour of movie or whatever. Or you, maybe you finished a, an email that was taking you longer than you needed to. Celebrate that little thing, you know, pop in a, I don't know, a candy bar or something, whatever you like. Uh, right. Or maybe even you got to, uh, you got to finish some, drafts of something i don't know a project right a chapter that you're writing or um, maybe even just laundry for your kids whatever it is right check that off you know give yourself the the pleasure that immense just kind of like umph from being able to get something done and celebrate it right celebrate it by giving yourself something that is just simple pleasures don't look at it as guilty pleasures i've talked about this multiple times in previous episodes about guilty pleasures versus guilt free pleasures right and how um, that differs from simple pleasures and really when you look at how to treat yourself with these small celebrations because of the wins that you've gotten do give you get yourself a simple pleasure, something that works for you. For me, it usually involves chocolate. <laughs> it does usually involve a certain amount of sleep, which I love. And so this is kind of, again, kind of looking back through the analogy of taking a day trip. You, on your, when you're out on a day trip, you want to take pictures, right? You want to kind of be able to share those pictures maybe with your friends and family. That's your reward in some ways, right? So think of it in a way that makes you feel amazing about achieving something that is even just as simple as getting one thing done off your list in one day, right? So whether that is taking a snapshot, writing off in your journal, whatever it is, I mean, I don't journal, but I know a lot of you guys do, you can definitely do that as well. Or just kind of taking, again, an extra hour of lunch, that could be your celebration. Whatever it is, make that decision to yourself and just kind of give it to yourself. Be kind to yourself. So I wanted to congratulate you for doing all of these things in advance because I know that a lot of you guys who are listening are A students and you're going to totally crush it and you're going to, you guys are going to totally do this as well, which I 
absolutely love already. So don't forget to hit subscribe or follow. And we're going to talk about more things in the next week about how you can absolutely, absolutely gain this amazing momentum in your life, in your year, so that next year, when you find yourself in the same position as you are finding yourself right now, you're not going to look back and just kind of you know, your hands up and just look back and regret going, what did we do? What did I do? What have I accomplished? Nothing. Instead, you're going to look back and you're going to go, what a life. Grow solvers. Let's keep growing.